the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear friends in Christ, have you noticed that at some restaurants, you hardly have interaction with a human being anymore? At your table is a tablet. You order your food, you reorder, you pick out your dessert, and you can even pay the bill. All of this through a message from a tablet to people who are mysteriously somewhere else in the restaurant. Your food's delivered by a human being, but perhaps robots may be doing that as soon as well. Over the past century, there have been huge changes that have been made to the way that food is prepared and delivered. From drive through restaurants to driverless cars, our eating and drinking have been transformed by innovation. Now, food delivery began back in 1922. Telephone-based food ordering started at a Chinese restaurant in Los Angeles. And it spread rapidly. And now food delivery is a $43 billion business just in our country alone. And it can even involve apps such as DoorDash, Postmates, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. And you see some of the restaurants where you can order from online and perhaps even get it delivered to you. drive through restaurants, they first appeared in 1948 when In-N-Out Burger allowed people to order and pick up food, imagine this, without ever leaving your car. Today, up to 70% of fast food sales are drive through And even businesses like Starbucks and Chipotle are on the act, too. McDonald's, the McDonald's system, created in 1955 using consistent preparation methods and a dependable supply chain. And now almost every fast food restaurant develops a similar system with even a newcomer that's now in Chicago called Just Salad. And they brag that their employees can turn out and toss a salad in one minute. There's a term called molecular gastronomy. It's a way of different processing of foods. And that was developed just in 1987 when a microbiologist made ice cream that we know as that treat called Dippin' Dots. Never thought ice cream would be like that. Similar innovations such as cooking food that's vacuum sealed through a process called sous vide. And that's being done, for example, at Panera and some other places. Food's placed in a controlled low-temperature water bath to cook for an extended period of time so you don't just get something crisp on the outside. And sometimes even up to 72 hours, Panera says. And then, of course, there's Instagram. 2010, that appeared. Establishing a new relationship between food and photo sharing. So now we don't only eat food, Now we can send and receive pictures of it. And finally, in 2017, robots became the latest innovation in eating. A place called Chowbotics is a a salad maker. And they store the ingredients in bins in the machine, and the machine just makes your whole salad for you. 
There's a place called Cafe X that's a robotic barista now. Don't have to look at people when you order. And then, remember those driverless cars I talked about? Well, Domino's is now testing a driverless car to deliver your pizza to you. And the report says that customers will just grab their order from the back after they put in some information. No human interaction necessary. That's kind of weird, isn't it? No human interaction necessary? Jesus was a true innovator in the world of eating. But he always had a human touch. His delivery was unlike any other. In all four Gospels, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And with just five barley loaves and two fish, he creates a meal for everyone to get as much as they want. And they're all satisfied. The people realize that to some extent the importance of this miracle, and they recognize that Jesus was no ordinary individual. And yet lacking a full understanding of his mission, the crowd inappropriately tries to make him king, an earthly king. And in contrast, Jesus' disciples, they failed to grasp the implication of this sign. And even after filling 12 baskets with leftovers, as we saw in the gospel last week, they were terrified when they saw Jesus walking on the water. Ultimately, both groups, they failed to comprehend that the one who had fed them was the bread of life, the bread from heaven. And when the crowds find Jesus at Capernaum in our gospel today, He says, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you had your fill of the lows. And although they had witnessed Jesus feeding a multitude, they failed to see the real revelation that made that sign possible. And they continued to chase after him, not understanding the sign, but because of their hope that they might still be able to crown him as king. But Jesus was going to have nothing to do with this misguided, earthly appetite of theirs. And then Jesus warns the crowd not to focus too much on the bread that he had just given them. He says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And the people are curious about this food that endures to eternal life. They're wondering, what in the world is Jesus talking about? He definitely wasn't speaking about those easy-to-store vacuum foods that are made out of that sous vide process. The people of Galilee, they had already experienced innovations in eating. It wasn't drive through restaurants or the food prepared by the McDonald's system, but it was miraculous food that came from heaven. Because they said, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus knows all about this manna-style bread. But he wants to introduce something new. And so he says, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who has given you this bread, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Now, bread from heaven is great, the manna that they received. But he seems to be saying it's not as awesome as the true bread from heaven. An even bigger innovation was coming for those people. He says the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's talking about heavenly bread that doesn't simply fill our appetites and stomachs, 
but actually gives life to the world. Now, you're not going to find that on a menu at Panera. Not surprisingly, the people respond, Sir, always give us this bread. And we can understand their hunger, and yet they really don't know what they're requesting. They hope never to be hungry again, and still craving physical food and wholly missing the point they're like the Samaritan woman who had initially said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water at the well. Well, what exactly is this bread that gives life to the world? It's not a loaf that's done with a blast of nitrogen like Dippin' Dots. It's not a type of bread that's kneaded by a robot or delivered by driverless cars. No, this bread of life, of God, is nothing other than Jesus himself. Because he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The greatest of all innovations in eating is the appearance of Jesus as the bread of life. And for the first time in history, people are able to receive the true bread from heaven. And that gives life to the world and it satisfies anyone's deepest hunger and thirst. So what does it mean for Jesus to deliver to the world? To give life to the world? Well, the answer to this question is both universally and also personally. Both levels are equally important. After all, bread is a universal food. It's found almost anywhere around the world. But it's also very personal in the sense that it appears in many different forms based on many different cultures. From pitas to baguettes to tortillas to sliced bread. Well, on a universal level, Jesus is the word of God in human form. And as God's word, he existed from the beginning. He was in the beginning with God. John tells us, too, that all things came into existence through Christ. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. It's important to realize that Jesus was there at creation. Everything that has come into being through him is there, including life. And the Apostle Paul says much of the same thing in his letter to the Colossians, as he shares in the first chapter, For in him all things were created. And in him, all things hold together. Jesus was in the beginning with God, being God himself. In him, he holds all things together. That's the universal Jesus, the eternal bread that gives life to the world. But maybe this Jesus is too big for us to swallow in one piece. It's hard to take a bite out of a loaf that large. So it's better to drop down to a much more personal level, as Jesus is the bread of life for each of us. And perhaps that's why he was born in that little town of Bethlehem, which means house of bread. As our personal bread, Jesus gives us the ability to face the struggles and challenges of life, both the small irritations and also the huge obstacles. You know, everyone knows what it means to be hangry. That is, bad-tempered or irritable as a result of being hungry. 
And that word hangry was just added to the Oxford Dictionary this past year. So you can now use it and find the meaning. A little snack can really lift your spirits and give you the strength to move ahead. Long-distance runners, they know that they can't complete an entire marathon with the fuel that they had just from their breakfast. And so they eat along the way, fueling their muscles with gel packs and power bars and other carbohydrates. Well, as the bread of life, Jesus gives us the help that we need. He's the Word of God in human form. And he offers us correction and guidance and forgiveness. He's the bread of life in human form, giving us nourishment and strength and inspiration. And without this bread, we would quickly wear out. We'd have to give up in the face of the many challenges of life that we go through. And Jesus is the one who is with us, and he's available to us. He can satisfy our hunger and our thirst. Now, although John chapter 6 is not a reference to the sacrament of communion, the Lord's Supper, we know, is celebrated frequently in many churches. And it's no surprise that this meal is offered regularly, even as we share today. Because we all need the nourishment that comes from the bread and the cup of communion, even as Christ's body and blood are present in this meal. When Jesus broke bread at the Last Supper and he said, this is my body given for you, he fully expected that his followers would take the bread regularly in remembrance of him. And he knew that we would need this meal of forgiveness and strength, not just once, but over and over again. Jesus is God's greatest innovation because he is the one sent into the world so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And as we're nourished by this food that endures for eternal life, we are able to be Christ's people in the world. And we can point others to the peace and justice and salvation of the kingdom of heaven, so that they too can join and not be hungry anymore or thirsty in a spiritual way. In closing, think about this. How many times have we opened our refrigerators and we want to grab a snack? And you know, we say to ourselves, I'm really hungry, but I don't know what I want to eat. We can have too many choices which can paralyze our decision-making process. And also, a lot of what we consume is ultimately not fulfilling. Our deepest hunger is really for the authentic living bread, Jesus himself. He's our one and only choice. And he satisfies our hunger. Over the centuries, there have been many innovations in eating, from food delivery to salad-making robots. But all of this food, it eventually spoils. Jesus said it's the food that perishes, and none of it endures for eternal life. Only believing in Jesus, we can receive this bread of God that gives life to the world, both globally and personally. Today we join that crowd around Jesus and we say, Sir, always give us this bread. And the good news is that you don't need a phone or an app 
to make that request. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.